0: Welcome to episode 11 of The Howl, brought to you by Zach Linfield, play-by-play broadcaster and public address announcer for this upcoming season. It's going to be a month almost exactly from the day that we play opening day against the Waterloo Bucks on May 31st that this episode releases, episode 11. And for episode 11, we have Julian Arrow and Brody Maynard on The Howl. And both pitchers again, both from the Sunshine State. And hopefully you guys got that from the title of the episode. But both Sunshine State guys, both very talented pitchers, one from the right and one from the left side. But Julian's going to come on and give his interesting story on how he's gotten to where he's at with Colby College. And then Brody Maynard also comes on and talks about where he's going to be transferring to. in a a bit of a little reveal on the Howell about where he's going to school next year as a business major. But Interested to hear to both guys, so hope you guys are also interested to listen in. And for episode 11 on the Howl, let's hear from Julian Arrow first. Julian Arrow joins me today, and he's an interesting guy, Julian. You have quite the Northwoods experience, but first of all, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me, Zach. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and it's it's nice to talk with other... You might still be a freshman because of the, the redshirt rule, but nice to talk to other 19, 20-year-olds that... Graduated in the same year, I suppose. But let's start off yeah, right yeah. away with your past Northwoods experience. I know we just talked about it. You got a ring last year. Talk about playing with Von Dulac and winning the championship in your pod.
1: Yeah, man, it was an awesome experience. Um, I wasn't there for too long. I went there for maybe two, two and a half weeks. But, I mean, it was an awesome experience. Our team was – we had a really good team. Um, the, just the atmosphere there was Awesome uh everybody's super nice they all love to compete and uh yeah it was a lot of fun getting a ring you know bringing that championship home we were able to have fans which seems kind of crazy now now like you know the time we were living in that was like the height of the pandemic so it was it's pretty wild but you know the atmosphere there was awesome i absolutely love fond of uh you know the manager sharbs my host family marcus uh they, they're all great i love them it was an awesome experience and that's not the only team that you have Northwood's experience with. You were also
0: with Battle Creek for a while. And I know I have to give you a shout yeah, out with yeah, that one so, because it's a Michigan team.
1: Yeah, yeah. So after Fond du Lac, um, after their pod ended, I still wanted to get some more innings. So um, I was able to reach out to uh, to a coach at Battle Creek. Uh, kind of just like over Twitter, I just shot him a DM. And he was like, yeah, was like we got space for you. So. Um, right after the pod ended, I just went straight from there to Battle Creek, and uh, that was a pretty. It was a pretty unique experience. the The format there was different uh, than Fond du Lac, so there were three teams in that pod, and we would all play at Kalamazoo. There was Battle Creek, there was the Kalamazoo Mac Daddies, and then there was the Kalamazoo Growlers. And mm-hmm. um, the formatting of it was just like two two teams would go to the park every day, and it'd be just randomized. And you'd play two double headers with a home run derby mixed in there, so okay. so yeah, a good experience. But though. Was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got my, you know, I got I got to compete. I got experience. So
0: you didn't get to compete in the home run derby though, did you?
1: No, no, I threw
0: BP <laughs> a couple <of> times, but <laughs> never took okay. any swings. And then you have a brother, Julian, named Alex, and he was a uh, a draft pick by the Red Sox a couple years ago. What does that mean to you to have a brother that's got you know? that kind of popularity already around his name.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's awesome, man. My brother, uh, he's, he's a role model, man. Um, we've always been super close. Uh, you know, we kind of like, uh, we like kind of like the underdog mentality. We've never really, you know, been like highly ranked or, uh, or that kind of, or gotten, you know, the, the, not the respect, but like all the accolades. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we kind of, we take that to heart. So, uh, it is awesome to see him finally, you know, breaking out and getting the success, getting the uh, getting the recognition. I guess is the right word that you know that he deserves.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm sure that's not a very friendly name to Duluth fans because when he was with Fond du Lac, they were on that 2018 championship team that beat the Huskies. Were you there for those games?
1: Uh, unfortunately, no. I I had gone up earlier to visit them, but um, never never went to for those games. I remember from him telling me that it was just a grueling three day series. It's mm. cause the drive from Fond du Lac to Duluth is like eight hours, I think. Wow. And they would and the format was one one one. So it was one in Fondy, one in Duluth, and then one back there was one in Duluth, one in Fondy, and then one back in Duluth. All so they had to back go back to back, to back to back on that bus. Yeah, yeah. So I remember him telling me that it was a pretty grueling <laughs> three days.
0: And so you're a pitcher, but Alex is a batter. I don't know exactly which position he plays. The the little article I'm reading on doesn't necessarily specify, but has that kind of come up a competitiveness between you and Alex? Like, do you throw to him sometimes, and you know you try to give him your best stuff because he is your brother, and you wanna you wanna win that sibling
1: rivalry? Yeah, yeah. So you know we have our we have our fair share of competitions, but um, as far as like live at bats, we haven't really gotten the opportunity to do that just yet i um, hopefully looking to do it soon. He actually – so he was an infielder, and now he just got converted to a catcher. Um, okay. So I think it'll be fun just to be able to, like, throw him pens and stuff. <laughs> I think that'll be pretty special. Yeah. That'll be cool, so. Uh,
0: if you had to say, like, what the main difference is, because you're a Sunshine State guy. You're from Florida, um, Miami area-ish, I believe. But what's the difference mainly between playing baseball in the south and then coming up here and, you know, playing in – probably a little bit different of weather <laughs> yeah that's
1: that, that's that's the understatement of the year um <laughs> i mean yeah i got here and we had a game it was probably about 20 degrees felt like less at night man and it was just it was brutal <laughs> it was it was a rude <laughs> awakening and i mean i yeah i got here i didn't know there'd still be snow all over the ground so that probably sounds pretty stupid but i mean i got here it was just white everywhere <laughs> um you know it's it's still like it snowed a, maybe a week ago it was snowing and it's like mm-hmm. mid-april and i don't know it's just a whole another world miami it's <laughs> it's uh sunny all it's sunny all year we and so uh,
0: before you you went to college did you ever see snow
1: uh yeah i had i had gone to colorado a couple times okay. so i had seen snow before but That was always, like, in spring when it was winding down, so it was, like, nice. It wasn't, like, you know, winter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That
0: winter cold is much, much different than the the late-night summer cold that you might feel. Yeah. You were obviously from Florida, and you went up and you committed to play at Connecticut, and then you ended up transferring to Colby College, and we'll get into the transfer in a minute, but what was the decision, and how did your recruiting cycle go when you first committed to
1: Connecticut? Yeah, I actually have a pretty unique experience. So I actually was not a baseball player at UConn. I was just a regular student. Um, My recruiting experience coming out of high school, I didn't really, to be honest, like get very many looks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was actually, I was, you know, like in talks with the school, I was supposed to go there to play baseball, and I ended up not getting into the school. Um, and you know, that kind of hit me, like that was kind of just a blind side. So then I had just sent out a couple of applications and, uh, university of Connecticut was one of them. Um, and you know, I got a scholarship to the honors college there. So I was just like, okay, you know, I guess, I guess I'll just be a student and, you know, I'll work my tail off and see if I could walk on. So I spent those like that summer months, those three, four months, just, you know, absolutely working my tail off with, uh, his name is Austin Wasserman. He's a great, great trainer in the South Florida area, but, um, yeah. So got the Yukon and unfortunately got, I got strep like a week before, uh, the tryout. I lost, I dropped mm. 10 pounds. I was really sick. So obviously I didn't perform well. I think I had gotten up to like 86 from sidearm. This is back when I threw sidearm cause I didn't throw hard enough to, <laughs> to go over the top yet. <laughs> um, so I, so yeah, I was up to like 86 from sidearm and then I ended up going to the tryout and I was like 79 to 80. And, you know, obviously that's not good enough. UConn has a, you know, great program. So, uh, so yeah, I just spent that year um, as a student. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I was just a student, you know, doing my thing. And then uh, season rolled around and I remember pretty distinctly, I was watching, uh, it was UConn against Vanderbilt and then uh, UM against Rutgers, University of Miami against Rutgers. And I was seeing, you know, some pictures from like the teams, like UConn and uh, and Rutgers, and I, I just thought I was like, I, you know, I could compete with these guys, you know, like I just realized how much I missed it, really. And uh, I spent a week kind of deciding, you know, if I was going to go after it again, because you know, if I decided to do that, then like that was a big commitment to me, you know, it's like a hundred percent or nothing. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, then I. I decided to give it a go. And a week later we got like sent home for, for quarantine. And that was basically just a hundred percent of my time devoted to training with my brother. So.
0: Okay. And then you ended up transferring to Colby college. And what was kind of the decision to
1: go into that? Yeah. So um, it was more the coaches and the academics than anything. Um, Coach Skelly coached my brother at Northwestern and, and they're, you know, great friends now. And they've become really close. And uh, our head coach, Coach Woods, uh, was—he was associate head coach at Notre Dame, and you know we had known him for a while. Our family did. Uh, He went. My brother went on a visit to Notre Dame, actually. So, um, yeah. I mean, it was honestly—I think this is one of the best coaching staffs in the nation. And uh, and yeah, they they reached out to me. I put a bunch. I put some videos on flat ground. If you're familiar with that uh, the Twitter kind of exposure, mm-hmm. um, for pitchers. And, you know, I got, I got interest from there and, um, yeah, so it was pretty much the coaches and the academics was a big thing here.
0: And then is there a next step for you? Is Colby college going to be there until you graduate or are you looking, you know, for another D one D two opportunity for
1: yourself? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to be here. <laughs> This yeah, this is my home. Uh, I I absolutely love it here. I love this program. Uh, I think, I think we're doing something special here. So, yeah, this is this is my home. Now, what what about Maine? How how's Maine doing? Because I have never been up there. Maine, Maine. I if you told me to point on a map where I was in Maine right now, like I <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, right now. It's it's hard to say anything bad. Sitting out here, it's sixty five and sunny. I'm just sitting outside. And there's not a cloud in the sky, and it's absolutely gorgeous. But um, but you know, some of those days, <laughs> some of the twenty degree degree days, make you question. You know, why a, a bit home. different from Miami. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah.
0: And now, what ultimately is a dream for you? Is that you know, kind of not necessarily following the footsteps of your brother, but to be drafted like your brother, if baseball doesn't work out, you know, what are you going to try and do?
1: You know, I'm, I'm not actually set on, uh, on what I want to do right now. I'm not even, I'm not really sure. You know, when I decided to give it a go again, I just kind of gave myself a philosophy that like take it day by day, you know, have fun with it. Don't put pressure on yourself. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. Just, you know, trying to compete, trying to win ball games here. And, uh, as far as past that, you know, I definitely want to stay in baseball, whether that's, you know, pursuing something on the field or, you know, a coaching job or, you know, something mm-hmm. in a front office, you know. That I'm not sure yet, but I definitely, you know, I can't I tried to stay away from the game for <laughs> for a little bit and it didn't work out too well.
0: Well, I'm sure if you do a heck of a job when you're up there in Duluth, I'm sure Greg Culver would have a have a spot for you on the staff somewhere. <laughs> well, as a pitcher, Let's talk about your attributes. What do you think are the best things that you bring to the mound on a game day?
1: Um, just you know, I go out there to compete. Um, my favorite pitcher is Pedro Martinez, and it was always that kind of bulldog mentality on the mound. So, um, you know, whatever I'm going to do, I may not may not throw the hardest. Uh, you know, I'm not bringing mid nines yeah. or anything like that. But you know, I'm going to compete with you every at bat and. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have to earn, you know, what you what you get off me. So, and then what are some things that you feel like you could work on
0: during your time in Duluth?
1: Um, what I what we've been working on here right now is uh, the importance of first pitch strikes and winning the one one count. So, um, mostly doing that with off speed. So I'd probably say that, you know, I've been I have a new slider um, that I've been working on here. That's been it's starting, you know, it's starting to take shape. So. Definitely work on that in Duluth. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to get some innings, get some innings, really quality innings. So Northwoods is a great league.
0: And I know there wasn't necessarily much that you could do last year because it was your first year in the Northwoods with Fondy and in Battle Creek. But what were some of the things that you tried to do last year, even during quarantine, to keep yourself busy, you know, when you weren't playing? Um,
1: That's a great question. So one of my my best friend actually – um, he has like a, maybe like a 21 foot boat. So they were the only people that me and my older brother were seeing at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'd, we'd spend, it was pretty long days training, you know, it'd be like four or five hours just throwing, like I'd feed him to, so he could hit, we'd lift. Um, but after that, I mean, we probably spearfished like three or four times a week wow, <laughs> during okay. quarantine. Um, so that was a big thing. And then we kind of just got into like, I don't know, we, we made games. We bought like this little wiffle ball machine. It, it shot like these little ping pong size balls. And we'd just have like competitions with that. We got into like old video games. Like it was, it was a pretty interesting time looking back on it. It was kind of awesome to, you know, have the family all in one place and, uh, you know, be able to spend some time together. Cause you know, I, with everybody growing up, I'm not sure how, you know, how often we're going to get that opportunity.
0: Exactly. And now you're heading up to Duluth, obviously. And are there any things that you're looking forward to doing there? Because I'm not sure if you've been to the area before, but I obviously have not. But what are some things that you're looking forward to doing when you're also not on the field?
1: Um, Probably, I'm just getting into golf. So probably look for a course around there. Um, I've heard Duluth is absolutely gorgeous. My brother said that he absolutely loved it. Um, and he said the atmosphere there is awesome as well. So I know Greg Culver has some golf courses for you. He's
0: a big time golfer. So if you're looking to get some extra innings, maybe go golf with him and, you know, he'll (laughs) he'll talk to coach pointer and get you on the mound a bit more. (laughs) Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your golf game then. What, what's been going on with it? Did you just start this year? How's
1: your stroke looking? i'm probably just about i'm i'm just about to go for the first time today it's okay it's on the slate. today so
0: i'll tell you what it's a bit different than putt putt because i loved putt putt up until two years ago and then i started golfing and i still can't hit a drive straight so good luck
1: yeah yeah i don't i don't doubt that i've been to the range a couple times and those those don't go too well so we'll see how it goes when i'm actually aiming for something (laughs) and now here's a here's a bit of a covid related question um I'm sure you've
0: been back down home, you know, in Southern Florida and then been back up to Maine a couple of times. What's the difference COVID wise? What are the protocols like, um, in Florida compared to where you're at in Maine?
1: All right. So Florida, um, Florida has been like kind of on the, not like, they're not anti-mask, but like, you know, they're, they're a little more conservative down there and, um, Uh, DeSantis doesn't love all the, (laughs) all the COVID regulations. So Mm -hmm. we have what we usually do, like outside you're good. Um, but when you go inside or when, you know, yeah, pretty much when you go inside anywhere, like you, you, you have a mask on. I I haven't been back in like three months, but, um, I know up here on campus, Colby has done a great job with, uh, COVID regulations. We get tested three or four times a week. Um, masks pretty pretty much everywhere um, when you're walking around. Um, But, I mean, yeah, it gave us the opportunity to play, so I'm happy to do, you know, whatever the school needs to do so that we could play games. And how's
0: the season so far been there for Colby? I've seen you've gotten a couple opportunities to hit the mound, but what's going on there? How's the team? And, you know, what are you looking like, too, because I'm sure everyone wants to know.
1: Yeah, so the team, you know, I'm really happy with what we're doing so far. Uh, historically, this Colby was not really a team that competed for NESCAC championships. Um, we've really kind of been on the bottom end pretty consistently for, uh, for a lot of years, but three years ago, uh, was when we got our whole new coaching staff. So, um, it's kind of cool to come in now and see, really see things turning around. Um, you know, we beat University of Southern Maine, um, who was number seven at the time uh, in the nation. Um, we just, we took, we beat Tufts. It must've been like for the first time in five years. Um, yeah, we took one out of four, not still not great, but you know, you were trying to see some differences. Yeah. We just, we took one from Trinity and competed with them all weekend, which is not really something that, you know, they're used to. So I don't know. We're real excited about, you know, what's going on here, especially, you know, with the difficulties of, of this year.
0: Exactly. And now you're obviously moving up here, and there's a lot of teams that hopefully you're going to catch the mound against. But I leave everyone, Julian, with one question, and that's what's one team that you're looking most forward to pitching against or beating this upcoming season? I have a a little bit of a guess here, (laughs) but I'm going to let you go at it and give us your your full explanation as to why you chose this team.
1: Yeah, no, your guess is going to be right. It's got to be Fondy. Um, I, I would love to go back and pitch at Fondy. Um, that'd be an awesome experience. I, you know, the, the atmosphere there is awesome. Um, I love the little town and everything, uh, all the people I'd love to see like my host family again. Um, yeah, that, that would be an awesome experience.
0: And so I'm going to leave you with that Fond du lock. We're heading to the championship against you. And hopefully this time the will, will come out on top rather than, you know, losing in the World Series. But, you know, we'll keep up our- across for the 2021 season. Julian, I super appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I know it's been pretty busy with baseball and everything else, probably finals. I'm not sure if you guys are at your finals right now, but I certainly appreciate you taking the time, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to meeting you and, and, and getting to Duluth.
0: It was great to hear the story and the pathway for Julian Arrow. And it sounds like we're going to have another great arm Coming up to Duluth and providing some quality innings for the Huskies. But back to his story, it was a great story to hear about how he was at UConn, a bit doubted, and of course he happened to get sick. Of course, out of all times to get sick, he got strep right around the time that he had that chance to try out for UConn. And it just did not happen to work out with the Huskies. And then he was provided another opportunity to go up to Maine. And to be honest, Julian might be a bit crazy. He was from Florida decides to go up north to Yukon, and then ends up going back north and even further to one of the northernmost states in the U.S. and going up to Maine to play for Colby College. But it sounds like they've kind of turned the the ship around up there at Colby, a whole new coaching staff that's been able to tweak with Julian a little bit and you know fix him and put him on the right direction to succeed, maybe like his brother has. Maybe we'll see Julian get drafted here in a couple of years and hopefully – We'll hope the same for every player that's playing for the Huskies this upcoming season. Transitioning forward, we're going to talk to Brody Maynard. Brody is currently at Daytona State College, and he has a bit of an announcement to make on where he's going to school this coming year, and we'll also talk about his academic and athletic eligibility. It's been one of the most funny questions to talk about with these athletes is, what in the world does their eligibility look like? Because as a normal college student right now, I'm a sophomore. However, a lot of these guys technically haven't even used their freshman eligibility yet, and I'm the same age as them as a sophomore at 20 years old. So we're going to hear from Brody, and he's going to tell us all about that and all things Brody Maynard. So without further ado, let's get to the second interview. Brody Maynard is my next next guest, Excuse me, and it's another pitcher. We've had a lot of pitchers on our last couple episodes, and Brody, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good and I understand that you are down in Florida still, but you guys had your season canceled a couple of weeks ago. How was the season down there at Daytona State?
2: Uh we had a we had a we had an interesting season. We started off really strong. We went, um, I wanna say like eleven and one, twelve and one, something like that to start the year off and uh made a little bit of noise pretty early against some good teams that aren't in our conference and then as soon as conference play started we kinda fell into some injury problems, uh had some guys had to come off the roster cuz of injury purposes and things like that. So we got really thin really fast. We went from like five catchers on the roster to one. We went from I don't know, probably 8 9 pitchers to about six. So it, we just we kind of caught the injury bug and made it really tough to go out and win games. But like you said, we did get cut off a few weeks ago about three games before we were supposed to end the regular season. So it was uh it was a tough way to tough way to end, but um Nonetheless, I still learned a lot this year, had a lot of fun. I'm going to miss my teammates and things here, but it was a tough way to go out.
0: And is Daytona State one of those teams that's, you know, in the competition every year for a conference title, or is this kind of a new thing? Because I know we talked to Julian Arrow right before this on the podcast, and Colby College hasn't necessarily been great, but mm-hmm. since they kind of revamped their roster out of the new coaching staff, they've been pretty darn good. Um, so where's Daytona State at? Because I don't know much about the school.
2: Yeah, uh, we're in the we're in the mid Florida conference. I feel like that's a pretty important piece of information. So that's schools like the College of Central Florida and like Santa Fe State College, who are like perennial powerhouses at the junior college level. Really good teams, well coached, lots of good D one transfers and high school talent, things like that. They pretty much run the conference. Um, Daytona kind of falls into that middle to back end of the pack, just because we don't get as many Division one transfers or like top tier pushbacks or anything. So. We kind of struggle on that aspect of it but um uh, I think probably the past two years we've been a little bit worse I would say than maybe in the in the team's history I know they've competed for some uh, uh, conference championships and state championships it's just the past two years it's been a little bit uh, a little bit more rough around the edges obviously two years ago we didn't get the chance to compete but it was also a pretty rough start to the year. So I assume it would have been similar to this season.
0: And now you are technically an academic sophomore. So you and I are the same age, just like Mm -hmm. a lot of the other athletes on the team, but you still have freshman eligibility remaining. I'm sure you get this question probably a lot. And I know we talked about it a little bit that you can't even necessarily explain it because of how confusing it is for everybody. So like I said before, the roster at Daytona state has you listed as a freshman
2: The
0: roster for the Huskies has you listed as a sophomore and I have you listed as a red shirt freshman. So let's clear up your eligibility a bit. What's it like?
2: <laughs> I wish I had a, like a clear answer for this question, but so my athletic eligibility starts next year. So I am basically the same as I've graduated high school and I'm going to play college baseball next year, except I have two years under my belt. So I'm going to be an academic junior next year, but an athletic freshman. So I think technically I'll still be a red shirt freshman.
0: Okay. So what will the plan be then? So technically if you are an academic junior mm-hmm. and you'll be an athletic freshman, let's fast forward a couple of years and you'll have graduated. Will you stick around and try to get maybe another degree or
2: Am I, uh, what I'm hoping is if I'm, Going to stick around under baseball scholarship, then I'll be able to uh, get some of my uh, little little bit of post grad paid for, so I can either go into like an MBA program or mm-hmm. uh, some type of post grad education, depending on what my interests are. Because I'm still not entirely certain about what I want to do once I graduate, so I'm kind of leaving the door open. But I'll definitely stick around and keep pursuing education until my uh until my
0: eligibility's up. Okay. So obviously that means a little bit baseball first. You're thinking about, you know, continuing to play. And obviously there's a next level that you're hoping to get to. Mm-hmm. And from what you and I have talked about a little bit, you are already moving forward with that. So uh, I'm going to let you kind of give your story here on this potential transfer that you have and uh, let us know what that's like.
2: Yeah, I had a, I had a really strong uh, freshman year at Daytona State. I obviously got cut off halfway, but I was – throwing the ball really well and had a good summer. I played in the Northwoods again last summer. I played in Traverse City and um, had a good summer experience and threw the ball well and came back for the fall and was getting ready to get some eyes on me and see about transferring out of Daytona State because it's a two-year school. And our fall gets shut down about two weeks into it. So it was um, kind of a tough blow there. I was kind of getting worried about what it would look like. I was mentally preparing to – tell my coach i was gonna be back at daytona state for a third year just because it was such a such a difficult recruiting scene uh, a lot of none, most of my friends weren't getting any like weren't getting contacted weren't getting a whole lot of looks and they they should have been so i was kind of like oh this is uh this is tough my coach was telling me that it's um a really difficult year to gauge schools and things like that because the schools couldn't come watch us mm-hmm. the dead period lasted the whole season so Luckily, thankfully enough, I had, I'm transferring to the University of North Florida, and I've talked to them since high school. I live in the Jacksonville area. I really like the school. I like the program a lot and things like that, so it's a great fit. But I had a little bit of contact with the coaches beforehand, so they had a profile on me already. So it really wasn't about coming to see me as much as it was making sure I've developed since high school and improved on some of the areas that they held off on because, in not taking me out of high school and waiting for me to finish up at junior college. So I talked to a few schools. I had about – I think I had three offers under my belt when I chose the University of North Florida. And um, so I had a little bit of the recruiting process, but it wasn't full just because it was – schools couldn't really come watch. There was a lot of schools that were just like, we can't really do anything with you because we we would like to come see you play, and we can't. Mm -hmm. So it's – schools – it's not – schools don't like blindly recruiting. It makes complete sense to me, but it's just – still makes the process a little bit more difficult.
0: And obviously there is a big difference between COVID recruiting, and I'm sure – because you didn't have to deal with COVID when your original recruiting came around. Right. So you picked a junior college. Let's mm-hmm. go back to high school for a second. What was it like being recruited and then ultimately
2: choosing on a JUCO school? Um, I was uh, I was a typical kind of big-headed high school kid where I thought I was too good to play junior <laughs> college baseball. So uh, <laughs> it was – um. It was kind of – I committed closer to the back end of my senior year of high school, and um, I talked to a couple of Division one programs, a couple of Division two programs, things like that, and I was really hoping one of them would take a tab on me, and it kind of hit me because of when they told me that they weren't going to take a tab on me, I really just didn't throw hard enough at the time to go play Division one baseball or anything like that. So, I mean, it, at first I was like, dang, that, that kind of hurts, but then – daytona state came along and all my people around me were like this is a really good opportunity for you to go you know get stronger get better improve and get ready to go play at the next level so i mm-hmm. was like you know what maybe i'll listen to these people and <laughs> make this decision and it turned out really really great I've, i feel like i have improved quite a bit since high school and have a way better outlook on the game and feel like i'm a lot more mentally prepared to take the next step than i would have been out of high school
0: and now you're here with Daytona State, and before your season got canceled, it looks like you had a really, really good season for anyone that wants to pull up his stats on the Daytona State website. Unless they didn't update your earned runs, you had zero earned runs and 13 appearances this season. Is that correct?
2: That was last season. That was my my. Oh, so this was last season? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, had, I threw, I think it was like 23 scoreless through 13 appearances and struck out a bunch of guys. So that was a lot of fun. This year was not as good. <laughs> But (laughs) this year was a little bit more rough around the edges, but definitely a learning experience. uh, It it definitely helps to kind of get beat up a little bit here and there, kind of keep your head on right and Mm -hmm. learn how to uh, kind of take things like that and learn from it instead of beating yourself up over it and move on and just get ready for the next time they put the ball in your hand. So
0: So what do you think was the difference then between this year and uh, the past year where you had zero earned runs? Was it maybe just – coming in a little bit rusty because the seasons got canceled earlier?
2: Uh, I don't know. It's a tough question. It was, um, I think it's a, it's a culmination of a lot of things because my year started off really strong. I had, like I said, I pieced together probably three or four really good outings. I threw a through six innings, gave up one hit one time and a couple other really good outings, things like that. And I was feeling good about myself. And then I just kind of, I just kind of like, Lost my groove for a little bit. I don't think I was throwing enough quality strikes. Uh, my walk numbers went up a little bit. and I feel like I just kind of lost a little bit of focus on the things that make me successful as a pitcher, and that was throwing competitive strikes and being ahead in the count and just kind of winning the mental game against the hitter. So it was um, kind of a way for me to learn how important that was and that I can't. Mm-hmm. Like I can't not think about that like i have to always be mentally present with those <clears throat> important pieces for me to be successful so it was kind of that's why i said like it was a rough season but it was kind of nice to get kicked around a little bit looking back on it now because i realized the importance of those things and taking advantage of practice and things like that really simple things just maximizing those opportunities to get better and refocus and revamp for the next time you get the ball so
0: and you are a left-handed pitcher. And yes. Left-handed pitchers are a little bit known more for the finesse style of pitching. What would you say your main attributes are?
2: Uh, I move the ball around a lot. I throw um, pretty much fastball, curveball changeup, but um, I work more movement instead of trying to overpower guys velocity-wise. So I, kinda, I make my money moving, <laughs> moving the ball around the plate kind of and working guys backwards and mixing pitches and things like that. So I'm, I'm my most successful when I can – get those three pitches over the plate and um, work around the zone too. So.
0: so what are some of the main things that you're looking to work on here in Duluth? Because obviously you can't play right now. And mm. although it is a very competitive league, it's also mainly for improvement because ultimately the guys that come to play in this league are looking to move forward in their baseball career. So what are some of the things that you're looking forward to working on here while you're in Duluth?
2: Right. Um, I chose Duluth uh just a just a starter for this, but I chose Duluth after talking to Coach Pointer just because it seems like a really developmentally centered coach, and I think that I feel like that'd be kind of a rare thing in summer ball, just because of how competitive it is and how long and strenuous the schedule is. But he seems like a really development based coach, and that was really eye opening for me because I feel like there's a lot of places for me to improve on. Like I'm still still trying to get quite a bit stronger. I like to throw the ball harder. I would like to improve my off speed stuff a little bit, and I feel like this program will give me a great opportunity to do that over summer ball. Whereas maybe I wouldn't get that same opportunity in a different program. So I think it's a, I'm excited. I'm really excited to get up there and see what that's like. And there's a pretty
0: constant theme amongst the the Huskies so far, at least I've talked to that they go to high school in one state, they go to college in the same state, and then they transfer to another college in that same state. But this time it's all about Florida. So what is it about Florida with you, Brody? Because it seems like you don't want to leave.
2: <laughs> well, I was um... – throughout recruiting, I always told my parents, I was like, the location doesn't matter. I can make myself at home anywhere. I can do it. I know I can. I promise I'll be fine. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, I wind up 15 minutes from home going to college next year. So um, it's got to be the weather. I mean, having the opportunity to play baseball year-round is unrivaled. It's It's really special to – even in the December, January, February months, to be like, yeah, I'm going to go out to the field and throw today mm-hmm. because I can't. Yeah. Um, that's just an opportunity that some of my friends in different states and things like that, that they complain about. It's like, I, well, if I don't have to put myself <laughs> in the situation of having to deal with snow and things like that, play. yeah, then, then yeah. I'm not going to. So I chose Daytona State, which is in beautiful Daytona Beach, and we have excellent weather, and I'm from uh the Jacksonville area, which is up north, so it's a couple degrees cooler, but same thing. it's beautiful weather year round and so i I really can't complain about that,
0: so I know for a fact you didn't pick Duluth because of the weather then.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna comment on that. I don't want to uh I don't want to step on any toes, but um, <laughs> I have a lot of family from up north my um my grandmother was born in Duluth. she lives in Madison, okay um. My my other grandparents they they've passed uh, sadly, but they were from Michigan. They were from uh, the Lansing area, and lived you in had this really in. small farm town. So I have <laughs> I have a little bit of northern blood in me. I'm not a complete wimp when it comes to the weather, but <laughs> I'm a I'm a Florida boy at heart.
0: So you you had me there at Michigan, and then you had to bring up Lansing, and uh, the only guy here that'll like that is Brian Broker, who you might be pitching to in the summer. So. I'm not a big fan of Lansing, because I'm an Ann Arbor guy, but okay. But hey, I'm from Michigan, and that's that's pretty cool that you have family from Michigan, too, because I'm, I'm sure that means that you've been up here before. Yes. In the winter?
2: Uh, I haven't been up to... Where did I go? I've been to Hutchinson, Minnesota. Really small town. That's where my dad grew up. That's the only place in Minnesota that I have really been to, but... Michigan like I said I played last year in Traverse City. I saw snow in mm-hmm. Lansing. I've been there for Christmas, I've been there in the summer, so okay. I have experience up, up up in the area, so I have a little bit of an idea, but Duluth is Duluth is quite a bit farther north than I've ever been, so it'll be oh, uh, yeah. it'll be a new experience. It's an
0: 11 to 12 hour drive for me and I think I live up north, so that'll be that'll be interesting, but you have Northwoods experience. Let's talk about that a little bit um with the pit spitters, I believe um what was that like? What was it like pitching in the Northwoods?
2: Yeah, so um, they ran kind of a like a pod last year. I'm I'm sure you remember that. They kind of ran some pods in different places. They would put like three teams. There was one in like Kalamazoo. There was one in Traverse City. So I didn't play for the pit Spitters. I played for the uh, Great Lakes Resorters. Okay. But we were just in Traverse City. And um, it started off as three teams. The other team was the uh, – oh, goodness. They were like the Northern Michigan Dune Bears, I think. But the
0: – yeah, the Dune Bears. Yeah,
2: so it started off with those three teams, and um, gosh, I think we played three total games before we got paused last year because of COVID. So um, we that, we played we played one game against the Dune Bears, one game against the Spitters, and they got canceled for. Gosh, it must have been like a month. It was it was it was really long, but um, so I had to stay. They put us in. They put us on a, a campground. It was the Interlochen Center for the Arts. It was like a high school band camp. Is where they housed, I don't know what probably was fifty college baseball players. It was it was interesting. But um, so I had to stay there throughout that time because I couldn't really get home. I drove up to Michigan, and I really wasn't looking to drive home, because I felt like there was a chance we were going to restart pretty soon. So I was like, all right, I'll just stay up in this cabin and kind of wear it for a couple weeks and then get back out on the field well it kind of turned into a little bit longer than a few weeks and (laughs) when we finally came back and started back up it was just us in the pit spitters and our roster was made up of some dune bears guys and some new incoming guys but um so it was a lot of fun though i mean it was not not your normal northwoods experience because we didn't have host families we didn't travel at all it was Mm -hmm. pretty much just play six or seven days a week at the home ballpark and practice one day and then kind of figure out Traverse City uh in your off time and I made some I made some really good friends up there that are that lived in Traverse City and played ball for the resorters so I was really thankful for that and made some lifelong friends and played some really good baseball I didn't really get to throw that high of a volume because of that long pause I really only threw I think nine innings 9.1 something like that but um through the ball well, I felt like, and had some success against really good hitters. So it was a kind of a confidence boost, made me feel a little bit better about myself and a little bit more confident going into my second year of college. And <laughs> really, it was just, I also had a lot of fun playing baseball at the same time. So it was uh, mm-hmm. the best of both worlds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now, what are some of the things that you're looking most forward to doing athletically with Duluth? I know you said you weren't able to travel, there wasn't mainly some things that you could do baseball-wise. I usually ask, what are you looking forward to uh, not including baseball? But, now nah, I have to include baseball because you didn't get to do a lot when you were in the Northwoods last year.
2: Uh, so, kind of, like, you mean some things, like, outside of baseball as long as with baseball?
0: Yeah, like, are you looking forward to traveling most with the team, like, going out to eat with them? Okay,
2: okay, yeah, 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 yeah totally. I mean, that's – I'm kind of excited to – uh kind of build a, a good team dynamic on a summer ball team because I've heard from some older guys that's kind of rare. And uh, last summer, we had a kind of interesting team dynamic because we were so close together, but we kind of went through a lot. So it felt like we had played together for eight years. And this summer, I feel like we have a good opportunity now that we can kind of everyone's excited to get back to a normal summer ball experience that everyone's going to be kind of excited to get to know each other and have some fun as a team and build relationships and make friends. And I'm really excited to <clears throat> It's gonna sound weird, but I'm kind of excited to get on a bus for six hours with some guys. So,
0: (laughs) doing doing a little bit of traveling wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for you guys because us broadcasters aren't able to travel now, which which stinks. Yeah, you know we'll be we'll be watching you guys pretty close no matter what. But Mm -hmm. sounds like a lot of fun for you guys. Um, Speaking about Duluth, is there anything up there that you're you know looking forward to doing mainly outside of the dorms, outside or or your host families wherever you're staying with? Um, is there any like attractions that you know of that you're looking forward to doing?
2: Uh, I haven't really, I haven't done enough research yet to figure out if I have like a set list of things I want to do. But I kind of like just hopping in my truck and kind of exploring. So I'm interested in getting up to Duluth, and I have, if I have some free time, just kind of drive around and see if I can stumble into something interesting. So that's uh, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. I'm sure I'll pick up on some. Specifics soon before I get up there. So, but uh for the time being, I'm just I'm just kind of excited to see a new place and meet some new people.
0: And are you driving from Florida to come up here? <laughs> yes. As I'm typing the maps into my, I'm trying to figure out how long the like... drive it is. It is 24 hours, Brody.
2: Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess. I haven't really asked this question to anyone yet because I, I guess I haven't really thought about everyone's driving. Not, not a lot of them are going to be flying up there because they have some stuff to bring with them.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: what are you going to do to keep yourself mentally sane for this drive? Because that's two and a half times the amount that I have to drive. And I thought it was a long drive.
2: Uh, well, I'm, I'm making it with my parents. I am. Uh, my parents are going to drive up too. I'm just going to, they're going to stay probably in um, a hotel for a couple nights and then have the luxury of flying home and uh, leave me up there so I can have my truck. Um, A lot of the things around the team said that it's nicer if you can have your vehicle. So yeah, I was like, I can, we can, we can make this happen. I'd rather have my truck up in Minnesota. So we, uh, we figured out a way to make it happen. We drove up to Traverse city last summer and it worked out fine. And this summer we'll do the same thing, but in the car, I, I'm a big, uh, put the headphones in and close my eyes for a while. So listen to some music, listen to some <laughs> podcasts. Maybe. Parents do all the driving. <laughs> uh, they do uh, most of it. My dad likes to say that I'm about to start driving, and then he'll just be like, no, nah, I'm going to keep going. So I'm just like, yeah. okay, I'm not I'm not going to get in the way of this, but, you know, if you want to take a break, I will drive. But
0: that, like, <laughs> like, never Unique happens. enough, I'm the same way. I'm the one that always drives on road trips <laughs> just because, who knows, besides getting pulled over by cops for going too fast, which only happened once, so no one get mad at me for that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't judge. Uh, <laughs> I like to be the one to drive, but uh let's talk about academics for a quick minute. Right. Um, you're a business student, but from what I read in one of your personal statements on a website is that you were part of the uh National Honor Society. So we are we are brothers in that society. Um you had some A P classes, honor classes. What does academics mean to you?
2: Uh academics are, are really important. Um That was um one of the one of the perks about going to Dayton State was um the head coach is uh, really an academic stickler. Like we had really high expectations academically. We had weekly planner checks. We had dress code in the classroom. We couldn't bring our phones in the classroom, things like that. And really just kind of upheld a really high level of academic prestige, which was kind of rare to find at the junior college level. Cause a lot of it's so focused on just athletic performance. So it was also combined like being a good human with being a good ball player. So, um, we had a team GPA at the end of my freshman year of, uh, I think, like a 3.85 or something like that. Wow. So I maintained a 4.0 through that, through the fall. I did, I did finally get my first B in an A-term class this spring, <laughs> which was a, a big-time blow to my heart, but it did happen. It, yeah. was, a, it was a brutal story. It was, um, I was without a professor for a month and a half. She went on, she went on leave and didn't tell anyone. So oh, I didn't no. have I, I didn't have a professor I didn't I didn't have anyone to go to so I was just kind of floundering and finally got a finally got an email I want to say a week before the end of the class that the professor was no longer a part of the class and that this new person would be taking over for the last week and it was a little bit too late so that was <laughs> tough but yeah I mean academics are really important my parents really instilled that early in me that no matter how much I enjoy the things outside of academics i like to complain about homework and things like that that it's still normal college to... kid stuff <laughs> pretty standard but uh it's still the most important thing like keeping up on your grades keeping everything tight and so i've just kind of carried those morals and ideas throughout college and kind of continue with it because so far it's worked so I'll keep it going and you
0: have a little bit of an injury history not too recent i don't think at least um Before your start of your junior year season in high school, you had a nerve injury in your elbow. Is that something that at all still affects you, or is that kind of just a one-time thing?
2: Um, I don't really have much effect from it anymore. It was really a weird experience, though, because it was like – it was more in my bicep, but it stemmed from a nerve cluster that's kind of like right on your scap. So it was like I had a nerve that got stretched out. And I went to the doctor, and – um to go get like an opinion on it. And he's like, you have to, he issued me a nerve test and, uh, I don't know if you've ever had a nerve test, but it is the single worst experience you can be put through. It's it, they, they put like these like, probes on your arm and then just shock your arm until they find the nerve. That's like not responding. It wow. was, it was miserable, but, um, Yeah, so that happened, and they've located the nerve and basically told me, well, there's nothing we can really do to rehab this. You kind of got to wait until you're pain-free because it wasn't really an injury. It was just like every time I threw a baseball, it just sent this shock up my arm that felt like it was going to fall off. It was weird. But eventually I kind of found my way back, and I pitched in like our second-to-last game in the district championship. and So that that was good, but did put a hold on – some of my high school recruiting set me back set me back a little bit um, athletically, just because I couldn't do anything with my arm. I got to a point where I couldn't even really lift up my backpack. I couldn't use it. I couldn't do anything with it. It was useless. But um, <coughs> so I mean, I kind of uh, taking some time away from baseball then kind of renewed my my love for it. So I guess it was that part of it was good that I kind of refocused on wow, I really miss playing baseball. I'm going to appreciate it a little bit more when it comes back. So, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't really have any continuing effects from it. Nothing really.
0: Okay. So that's that, good. That's obviously a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the last questions I'm going to have for you is, uh, what are some of the things that you like to do outside of baseball? Are you a video game guy, a uh, big fisher, just family? What's up with you in uh, you know, non-baseball life?
2: Uh, I do. I fish. Uh, decent amount. I I do play video games. I'm um, a big MLB The Show player, um, but um, I kind of after COVID ended last year, I, I've always played like casual spike ball with friends and things like that. But one of my buddies had this idea of they run like official spike ball tournaments throughout Florida, mm. so we started just hopping into spike ball tournaments around Florida and started like placing and things like that. So. I kind of started playing, like, semi-professional spike ball by mistake, um, <laughs> which is fun. But I always – I like pickup sports. I play ultimate frisbee when I can. I like pickup basketball. Um, I like going to the beach um, since um, I'm a Floridian, so I can kind of flex that on people from Minnesota that I can just go <laughs> to the beach. But um, For Michigan, too. It's all right. I um uh, I, uh, I collect sports cards, things like that. So I have, I have a few hobbies, but –
0: yeah, we got a bit in common with that too. I, I, I like to collect cards. I actually just got right back into that doing uh, football cards, and that's pretty much all I got for Christmas. But that's never a bad thing.
2: No, not at all. Yeah, um, I just kind of re- of my, my buddies got me into it recently this year, and I've got, I've gotten uh, kind of hooked on um, reselling. And I don't. I, I mainly collect baseball cards just because yeah, that's... I, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty big MLB fanatic. So I kind of just collect my favorite players and. Mm-hmm. Good stuff I can find, but uh, anything else that has any value, I kind of either let my friends open because they have a little bit more interest or moving on to some people who want a little bit more than me. So,
0: Is there a biggest flex card that you have? Because mine's a Derek Jeter rookie card, and that's my biggest. like. That's a pretty, pretty good like, one. On this one, what's your, what's your card?
2: Um, I, have a, I have a few that are kind of uh, hinging on if they're any good. I've got a I've got a, a Joe Adele rookie card autograph out of ten,
1: mm.
2: which I'm hoping he can get healthy and turn it around because I think he's a pretty good player. But I've got I've got a pretty good collection of Shohei Otani rookie cards.
1: Okay, I have
2: I have a stack that I'm kind of sitting on, and then I have some Glaber Torres rookie cards I'm kind of sitting on. Um, I don't have anything too wild necessarily, but I'm always on the hunt for a grail. So hopefully yeah. I can. Get lucky pretty soon. There
0: you go. And the, the question I leave everyone with, Brody, is you're on the mound with the chance to save because I understand you've had a couple of saves, mm-hmm. uh, at least in, in your high school days, is you get a save against one team in the Northwoods League, and you get the chance to beat them. What team is it?
2: Ooh. Um, mm. Can pick I'm going to I'm gonna have to go to the Pitsbiters. I'm going to have to go the because um, – Last season I did almost blow a save against them. So this year I would like to, (laughs) I know they're not on the schedule, but I would like a second crack at them. Maybe in postseason play to, you know, go out and drop a one, two, three in the ninth inning and go home happy. So
0: yeah, to go, to go get the ring too.
2: Yes. That would be huge.
0: (laughs) Well, Brody, I I definitely thank you for coming on. Um, It's been a great talk with you and congratulations on your transfer to North Florida. I know you can't necessarily put that out in the open too much, um, with your, your stuff there at Daytona State. But I'm looking forward to watching you throw here in the summer.
2: Yes, awesome. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to get up there.
0: By far, one of my favorite things about being a young broadcaster and going into this career field is truly these podcasts and interviews. Nowhere else in the world do I think really, especially in athletics, can you just have a one-on-one conversation with the athletes and get to know them for who they are rather just because they wear a jersey. You can sit down on your couch almost every night, watch the MLB, the NHL, the NFL, the NBA, name your sport. But you will never really be able to have conversations one-on-one with these athletes and get to know who they are, and that is truly one of my favorite things to do. And it makes broadcasting the games during the season a heck of a lot easier because you know who they are or at least have a good glimpse at who they are. So a great conversation with Brody and with Julian. I'm glad both could take the time out of their schedule because I know it's just about finals week here for everybody. And it's a tough time. It's a tough time to be a student during finals week because there's a lot of information that you got to go through. And I'm sure all of the people here listening that are graduated know exactly what we're talking about with finals weeks. But University of Michigan just finished today. I'm recording the episode right after I just submitted my last final. And out of all finals, it was Greek mythology. So let's fingers crossed that I finished with an A in the class. But it was a lot of fun being here for the semester. Our last football practice was today. So last football practice means it is completely baseball season time. And I'm dedicating all my resources and time to getting ready for the summer up in Duluth. And we're going to keep dropping episodes throughout the whole month of May, because this episode should drop here on May 1st. It should be on either Saturday or Sunday. I have yet to decide based on the editing and formatting of how I'm going to do this episode. But a little bit of news for us is that we broadcasters will not be able to travel to away games this season. A bit of a bummer, but out of respect for safety and just making sure that we're following COVID protocols, we will be calling games from the way to the season off of monitors. So, I'm sure you guys will keep up with us, listen to the games on the road, because that'll probably be the best way to keep up with your Huskies while they are traveling and on the buses for those long bus rides. So I guess the the one positive note is avoiding the bus rides, although sometimes those can be the most positive things to look forward to. But nonetheless, a fun summer upcoming. Thank you to Julian and Brody for coming onto the episode 2 Sunshine State, guys. And another update for you guys. Make sure you're ready to buy your tickets on May 4th. May 4th. Think about it in a Star Wars way. May the 4th be with you. Think about that. Because individual game tickets go on sale May 4th. I'll say it one more time. May 4th. Individual game tickets go on sale. Make sure you guys go grab your tickets because it should be a hot commodity. I know there's one game sold out already just because of season ticket holders, sponsors. You can name you know, all the above the people that want to come to these games. So get your tickets, come listen to me talk on the the microphone at Wade Stadium or come, you know, make sure you just follow along with your Huskies in any way possible because we have a heck of a group of broadcasters and announcers that will be there this season. We have a heck of a roster, a really good coaching staff, and the front office is incredible. And I haven't met really any fans yet, but I'm hoping they are grade A just like everyone else. So thank you. Signing off, my name is Zach Linfield, and of course, roll skis and enjoy your week.